This podcast is provided for general information only and assumes a certain level of knowledge of financial markets. It is not an invitation to make an investment and should not be construed as advice. The views in this podcast are those of the contributors at the time of publication and do not necessarily reflect those of Investec Asset Management. Value of investments can fall as well as rise and losses may be made. We're into the second quarter of 2019 and it's definitely... Optimism that abounds and risk on abounds as well in many asset classes, certainly in the developed world. With me now is John Stockford, Head of Multi-Asset Income at Investec Asset Management in London. Optimism's been going on since probably the end of December, John. Yes, I think you can put it down primarily to policymakers. So I think the day the market turned in December, um, Mnuchin, the US Treasury Secretary, made some positive comments We've clearly had central banks rolling back pretty aggressively from taking the sort of punch bowl away. We've had fiscal easing in China. We've got endless reports that the trade negotiations between China and the US are going well and so on. And I think policy was one of the things that took markets lower in in Q4. Uh, And I think that the sort of dramatic swing in the policy rhetoric and policy action is one of the main reasons for the market to uh, cheer coming into um, 2019. So it's all down to the US Federal Reserve. We can trace it back to the time they said there's not going to be two or three interest rate rises in 2019, which at one point last year the market was expecting. It's all down to that, even though the the macro picture isn't quite as rosy as it might have been. That's certainly true. So, But I, I think it's not just the US Federal Reserve. I think it's also optimism that the Chinese have taken significant action. And so the risk of a hard landing in China is being diminished. So it's it's US and China particularly. I think those have been the big two demand engines for the world. And, and we've seen, you're right, some very, very poor data, uh, much worse than expected. We're now seeing one or two green shoots, n- notably in China itself. So we saw um, both much stronger credit data as a sign of easing and then recently um, better purchasing manager indices and other survey data sort of leading indicators in other markets also suggesting um, that maybe the worst of the global slowdown is is um, near um, and a period of, of better trade and manufacturing data may now be on the cards. I guess what isn't clear is whether this is a durable recovery or, or more of a, a temporary upswing within a maturing business cycle and I think that's what the market is trying to wrestle with now. um, But clearly, the sort of downside risks have diminished in the near term. And and it looks a bit glass half full, I think, for the moment, rather than glass half empty or completely empty. Yes, I mean, there are some green shoots, as you quite rightly say. Not so much in Europe, though. The German data that was recently released was pretty poor. And I suppose when you come to the United States, all the eyes will be on the non-farm payrolls data, which is out tomorrow, because the last month was pretty poor with only 20,000 jobs being created. How important is that release tomorrow, do you think? I I think it's very just just quickly on Europe, I think Europe is typically a lagging indicator. Europe takes demand. It's very export driven from the rest of the world. It's it's more important where in the, the economies where that demand is coming from are, are picking up. In, in terms of, of job data, I think it's, it is pretty significant. So, you know, one thing that is, I think, leaving people cautious is that we saw, um, even though there's optimism, we saw the market, the US uh, yield curve in, in the US, the bond market um, invert. So with longer dated bonds yielding less than cash deposits. And historically, that's been a very reliable precursor to a recession within about 18 months. So that that's a, a, a clear 
orange or red flag for markets. And then the jobs data is, is pretty important. It's, it's a good contemporaneous indicator of how the economy is doing. But also, we've seen the sort of improvement in the unemployment rate bottom out a bit. And historically, if the unemployment rate rises uh, materially and doesn't actually have to rise that far, that's also been a very consistent indicator of an approaching recession. So watching the unemployment rate for any sort of science that that's deteriorating you know, on a sort of trend basis, I, I think is pretty key. Yes, indeed. There's a dichotomy here because we, we're talking about everyone being optimistic and the punch bowl being back on the table and being drunk from heartily by all market participants. And yet, on the other hand, the inverted yield curve, which I spoke to Michael Power, your colleague in Cape Town, about a couple of weeks ago, that is suggesting that there will be some kind of, of recession. And surely, if it's 12 or 18 months away, markets start to anticipate that already. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it is all about timing. I, I think some of the near-term optimism also reflects that investors got pretty cautious last year. And so, you know, investor positioning is is still tentative and, and that is creating some room for markets to rally. People are essentially being sucked in. They feel too short, too underinvested. Valuations also obviously um, retrace quite a lot and they're now probably mildly expensive rather than dramatically expensive, so not, not a huge constraint. So there's, there's opportunities on better data for the market to improve. I, I think the clock though is ticking. It, it is late in the cycle. Historically, equity markets peak sort of six to maybe nine months ahead of a recession. So if it's 18 months away, there's maybe a little bit of party left, mm. but you need to be looking for the exit. Uh, and thinking about how you do it and the kind of mix of assets that you hold. I think also, um, you know, we've seen a big rally in government bonds in developed markets. And I think that will come more into focus if policymakers are now shifting away from just tightening whatever happens to a much greater focus on swings in data and, and on um, swings in financial conditions then bonds are going to revert more to being negatively correlated to equities, which they weren't last year. Right. And that makes them a more useful diversifier, a more useful component within um, portfolios, particularly government bonds that pay some sort of yield. So US treasuries, for example. Yeah. How are you positioning yourself then? You're head of multi-asset income and investec asset management in London. Are you still cautious? Because there have been a couple of cautious chats between myself and your colleague Philip Saunders, a couple of other people as well. But uh, are you positioning yourself to take advantage of this optimism? I, I think we're trying to do a bit of both. So overall, I would say we are relatively cautious. This isn't um, the time in the cycle to get sort of rampantly bullish, I think, reward versus risk looks um, less compelling than it has um, earlier in, in the cycle. At the same time, I think there are some good opportunities. So we do think it's interesting that the bond markets are now maybe a more useful component of portfolios. It allows you to run a little bit more equity by having a little bit of duration as an offset. We think options remain very interesting that you have still markets implying very little risk of uncertain outcomes in the future which is what options basically insure you for. So you don't pay much for that insurance, but you can use them to allow you to participate in market upside if it happens, but avoid market downside. And it seems to me you could easily paint a picture where equities could be up 20% in a year or down 35 40%. And so options are a perfect way of, of playing that uncertainty at relatively low cost. 
We have to end with something called Brexit because there was a vote last night in the Commons at around about 11 o'clock London time and the eyes had it for a change. The nose have had it for ages but the eyes had it by one vote, 313 to 312. I don't quite understand what it was all about but has the UK market responded, whether it be sterling or gilts or the stock market? Yes, I think to an extent. I mean, I think the market is sort of watching and waiting. The, the, the general theme has been the market, I think, is pricing in an increasingly low probability of a hard Brexit because clearly Parliament has limited appetite. So the vote yesterday was about um, forcing the Prime Minister to extend Article 50 if nothing has been agreed by, by next Friday. And so the market, I think, is is relatively hopeful or confident that we're not going to get hard Brexit, although accidents can still happen. Yes. Um, and clearly the Prime Minister is a little bit more open to variants of, of a softer Brexit. So, so we'll have to see. Yes, I agree. John, thank you very much for your time. That's John Stopford, who's the head of multi-asset income at Investec Asset Management in London. In South Africa, Investec Asset Management is an authorised financial services provider.